Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. This is Jeff, and this is the Kinky Tauntaun Star Wars The Force Awakens Spoilage Special. Sorry if it's a bit of a rush job, and if there are any mistakes, I was trying to get out by Christmas. So, without further ado, if you don't want to hear any spoilers, stop listening right meow. Come over here, you'll find a wonderful surprise. You'll have to plug into the central computer to hear what it is. That's right. No, it's not a phase vector. It's your Christmas present. God, Jeffrey, oh, did, did you see that? Yes, I did. Uh, uh, there, there was a little movie uh, that came out, uh, I guess last week now, and that film was Star Wars The Force Awakens, a little film by J.J. Abrams, uh, starring amongst others Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, and newcomers Daisy Ridley and John Boyega. And I, even though uh, I think Oscar Isaac has been in a few more things here lately, uh, he's relatively new to Hollywood as well. Uh, he was anyway, in uh, Ex Machina. He was, as well as Donald Gleason, uh, who also shows up in The Force Awakens as General Hux. But anyway, um, this is the Kinky Tauntaun, and we're here to talk about some Force Awakens. We've been waiting so, so long for this, Jeffrey, and we, we went to see it. We, uh, we watched. We reacted. Our load is blown, figuratively speaking. <laughs> We we done squirted our midichlorians all over the place, and now we have met to discuss what the hell we just saw. Are you ready for this? Yes, I am. Okay. Uh-huh. So, uh, we, we have anything else going on today? Or are we just talking about Force Awakens? Uh, as far as I know, we're just talking about the Force Awakens. That should be plenty. <laughs> okay, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, so today we're on the Kinky Tauntaun. We are just talking about this film that you and I watched on Monday with your wife and my children. Uh, we had a little Force Awakens party. Uh, I will point out that my younger of my two daughters, who loves her some Chewbacca, she wore her Chewbacca t-shirt, her Chewbacca jacket, and she has a little stuffed Chewbacca uh, that she carried with her to the movie, and she looked precious. Okay, people? Precious. Uh, anyway, uh, so the movie. Um, let's talk about some general responses. What, 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 how are you feeling about it now a few days later, Jeffrey? Um, I'm very excited for the next couple. That was good. All right, so you know, not it's just good. It's exciting. You you have no misgivings whatsoever. Um, 
It was a damn good movie. I, I'm, it, I'm, it was. I'm happy. I'm it happy. was a very enjoyable, enjoyable movie. Uh, I did like it, uh, and I will say this: that I do have some beefs with it. Uh, wow. I, I don't think it was as perfect as it could have been. But then again, uh, I think some of these some of these beefs just had to be there. And I'm going to acknowledge them because I'm not blind. And I want to say, you know what? I, I see what you're saying. I'm just not buying it. But uh, we'll, we'll I talk like about beef, that. So we can, I like beef. I, I, I do like beef. That. I do like some good beef. Uh, anyway, so let's go ahead and jump right into this and talk about, uh, I guess, how we have it set out is we're talking, according to the, we're going to start with uh, Lore, Van, Lore Santeca, who was played by Vax, Max von Sydow, uh, who started the film. And I don't think we're going to talk about Poe too much. Poe's character. I think it was a little bit underused. I really enjoyed his his character, and I'm hoping to see more of him in the next film or two. Uh, Wait, do I talk first? Do you talk first? Say what? Do I talk first? Do you talk first? Oh, how's this work? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I've actually heard some people complaining about about the comedy in that movie, and I'm like, oh, the original. We talking about the original one had comedy as well. I mean. Uh, one of the very first things I remember from a little kid in A New Hope was uh, you know, watching Luke try to disable and take off the uh, restraining bolt off R2 once they had purchased him. And, he, uh, you know, he just kind of wigs out and he's like, oh, here, you you do it, C-3P. You know, it's like the comedy element's always been there. Like, get this big walking carpet out of my way. Yeah. Uh, oh, you flew that thing? Oh, you're braver than I thought. Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? I mean, these were all little yeah, jokes that, you know, I remember really, really well. And even though they're not like as funny, I guess, that is what was in Force Awakens, I thought comedically, like, yeah, I could see characters doing that. I could see people reacting that way, making those kind of jokes. It was fine. It was sure a hell of a lot better than anything that was supposed to be funny in the prequels but we'll we'll, we'll talk about Misa that ja -ja no 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 why'd you go there <laughs> god damn it jeff because that's what was supposed to be funny no there's nothing funny about. oh my god there's nothing funny about that jeff. all right do, do i know the person who was mad about the humor uh no 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 this is somebody else oh, that okay. i was talking about uh, i have actually not heard him discuss the humor of that movie uh but anyway let's go ahead and uh who <laughs> jimmers has other beefs but he he was too busy because this is the week of christmas and though he wanted to record with us he had other things to do uh anyway so uh we're gonna start with where the movie opens up and that is lore san teca max von Sydow's character now in watching the film, this was actually my biggest beef to start with. And I was like, okay, who the fuck is this guy? I mean, I like, as an actor, I've loved Max Monsito for ages, uh, ever since the, uh, Bergman film way back when. Uh, oh, so yeah, uh, I, I've been a big fan of Ingmar Bergman's, uh, The Seventh Seal. Uh, since since way back, and it's the movie where he plays a chess game with death. It's a black and white film. Um, anyway, it's it's good. Well, there's uh, also Conan. He was in Conan. 
Uh, he's Maxwell Sinnell is in a shit ton of stuff, uh, including one of my all time favorite comedies, Strange Brew. Strange Brew. <laughs> Uh, he, uh, he, that fact, <laughs> I, I, I threw out this Ingmar, Ingmar Berg, Bergman movie like, oh yes, I'm so highbrow. But my first, <laughs> my first, uh, exposure to Max von Sydow was, uh, in fact, Strange Brew. So I'm not kidding anyone here. <laughs> uh, it's been forever since I've seen that movie. We'll have to uh, do a viewing. Oh, uh, Yoho- yeah, Yohoser? Oh, uh, man. You know what? I need to buy that on DVD. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Strange Brew. God damn it, Jeff. We're here to talk about some Force Awakens. Okay. Uh, so I'm like, where, why the hell does this guy, and, and we don't even know his name. Apparently, if you sat through the credits, you would find out who it is. Uh, but there's also, was rele- there was released uh, through DK Publisher that uh it's called the force awaken visual dictionary and so they've actually been able to pull a bunch of that stuff online so you can go visit wikipedia and uh find out exactly who this character was uh which is a little late in the coming but at least now we have it and speaking of while i'm on it jeff in all this force awakens press it sickens me it it really Uh-oh. just underscores the level of posery in the world of Star Wars. All the people who can't fucking spell Wookiee. Oh. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I love the Wookiees. And they, they they spell it like cookies, okay? No. Wookiees has two E, two E's at the end. Oh. Get over shit, yourself. I that sometimes, you fuckers. Too. Okay, sorry. I'm, I am I one of those fuckers half the time. You're not. You can't spell things very well anyway. So I'm going to give you a well, that's, pass. That's true. So, but it's these <laughs> other people that I'm talking about. It's like Wookies has two e's at the end. You poser. Okay. Anyway, uh, I, I don't even remember why that was relevant at the, at this point in time. But whatever. I get. A, uh, I get a. I, I get a defection pass. Uh, because because you're defective. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought maybe like you were immigrating from the USSR or something. <laughs> I, I thought about that when I said it. Yeah. Okay. Well, as long as you're not uh, trying to defect, Come but rather up. are referring to your own def- defectiveness, I guess uh, we'll, we'll continue on. So, uh, Lore Van, Lore, Lore Santeca, keep wanting to call him like Van Teca, like he's Dutch or something. Uh, anyway, so, as the Star Wars Visual Dictionary for The Force Awakens points out, he is said to be an explorer who has survived since the times of the Republic, and he has served in the Force, the Church of the Force, or some such thing, yep. uh, which actually, co- like, I was actually really proud of myself, because I had already reasoned this out. And um, because according you know in the script they kept calling him the vicar the vicar I'm like well a vicar oh, is yeah, a did, re- a religious functionary and I was talking to Jimmers about it yesterday he's like oh yeah the Star Wars Visual Dictionary already said that I'm like fuck the Star Wars Dictionary I came up with that but no no uh, I give you full credit I remember oh okay okay we have witnesses thank. Goodness. Uh, speaking of witnesses, we, we shall have to sum up our uh, our three each predictions at the end of the show. Uh, but anyway, 
continuing on, so he he's basically a priest in this church, the Force, and at some point he was given this map that contained various Jedi temples, plural, uh, across this reach of space, and the end result was supposed to be where Luke Skywalker was at. Uh, I think yeah, we can. We can mentioned that he he worked with Luke. The yeah. the book mentioned they worked with Luke. Okay, so that is going to I think come back to some of the other questions that we have, and whether or not he himself is connected to Ray. I should we talk? Let's go ahead and talk about that right now. Uh, Ray, of course, is the character played by Daisy Ridley, and you know what? We at the top of our show we did not talk about how how many spoilers this was going to contain. So you should go back and edit that in. Okay. Like this is, this is all fucking spoilers people. Okay. Um, <laughs> enough. So, uh, yeah, Daisy Ridley's character is named Ray. She is very mysterious in terms of her origins. She does not have a last name, middle name. Uh, we don't even know if Ray is actually her real first name or if it's her last name or something else. Uh, or an anagram. Maybe it's an anagram. Have you seen some of these theories on YouTube? No, I haven't. Uh, no, well, it's, it was about like Kylo Ren and anagramming for Luke and shit like that. It was actually really fucking hilarious. Uh, some of the shit that came out of uh, some of these people's mouths. And, you know, I'm trying not to be one of those people. Like, I want to I want to reason these things out. But people, fucking logic, okay? Occam's razor, all that. Let, let's consider these things and... The simplest explanation is probably the best explanation. and Sometimes. But it is literature. That's not always it, true. It is. You're right. You're right. But um, these people who thought Kylo Ren was Luke, I'm just like, can you not see how skinny, beanpole skinny Kylo Ren is in the trailer? Then okay? Why the hell would you have Adam Driver play it if it was Mark Hamill? That's <sighs> fucking dumb, man. I don't. I don't. Okay, people. <laughs> people. All right, here we go. Here we are. Uh, so the connection is, uh, Ray is has grown up for a, a while, and uh, she was etching little hashes into the uh, sides of the adat that she lived in. She lived. She had lived in the uh, fallen over uh, adat from Empire Strikes Back, ATAT, and. Uh, we could probably do the math on that if we were actually to have a, a still of the uh, film and we're to add up all those it. hashes. You, you I did, did look, look at, at it. it. So they went off into off screen. Oh, uh, so there's no so way there to was a tell from that. All right. So we really, really do have to do some guesstimating on that. Um, anyway. Um, oh, fuck. I forgot what I was talking about. At, at. Ridley. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's <laughs> okay. It's like my head uh, hurt so bad yesterday. I was just I've I've been paranoid that my head would start hurting again today. And so I'm just like I'm just gonna take it easy. I'm not gonna I have done my best not to think today and now it's finally catching <laughs> up to me. So I I'm this is gonna be a bitch to edit. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Just because of that. Um I uh fuck. What was I thinking? Uh, Having only the one segment helps. Uh, okay. Edit, so. Okay. Uh, so Ray is living in this fallen over at and she's marking out the you know how long she's been there waiting for whom her family she says to come pick her back up. Uh, number one, why would her family have 
left her there anyway. We'll hope we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, so but I have I, a theory. Yeah, I think we both have a theory. They might even coincide. Uh, but Max von Sydow's character, having been an associate associate of Luke's, and may have well served with Luke at his Jedi Academy. I mean, we don't know if it's called the Jedi Academy, but for sake of argument. Let's go ahead and call it out because we're going to refer to it several times. Uh, Luke's Jedi Academy. Um, it's good, to, you know, stands to reason that Max von Sydow was a functionary in somebody that Luke associated with along with his students. Uh, do we think that Max von Sydow's character, Lors Santeca, brought Ray to Jakku? Because I find it extraordinarily fortuitous that they're both on the same planet. The map to Luke Skywalker is with somebody who used to, I guess, work with Luke Skywalker uh, is on the same planet as this, this young girl who's apparently extraordinarily strong in the force. What do you, what do you, what do you think about Lor Santeca being the one who brought her there? Well, there's a lot of coincidence in star Wars, you know, to begin with, especially, you know, Luke finding the droids. Like I said, uh, the force works in mysterious ways. It oh, almost, yeah. It's almost like it has a will of its own sometimes. Yeah, well, I think the original trilogy actually doesn't say that, but we definitely get little hints of that in Empire Strikes Back anyway. Like the force is sort of, uh, you know, maneuvering events as it would anyway. Uh, yeah. so I, I guess it's not out of canon. That's not, I could see that happening. However, uh, I think there has to be a connection between the two occurrences. I think it's possible, but not, you know, not necessary because like I said, the force, <laughs> but I see, I think that'd be too far. Like, I think she was with, like, he was there with her and there might be a third party involved who actually took off in the, in the ship, uh, to wherever. Um, and you know, honestly, that could have been Luke himself in the ship. Yeah. Well, we're getting ahead of ourselves, I think, uh, because the next thing <laughs> we're going to talk about is Ray and where she comes from. And that actually has a lot, a lot to talk about because, uh, not only was Ray one of my absolute favorite characters in this film, I mean, she's one of my very favorite characters in the entire like mythos of star Wars uh, already. Uh, she kicked ass. She, uh, the Daisy Ridley was just outstanding. She knocked it out of the park. Um, what do you, what do you think about Daisy Ridley and Ray? Um, good actress. Very, very nice smile. <laughs> she had a huge smile. It was very, very nice. Um, but yeah, the, the fight scene, the, her fighting seemed very natural. Yeah, she was fluid. she was really good, um, and I'm, I'm just gonna touch on this a little bit before we get on to the uh, the meat of the segment. But uh, I have two little girls, and um, once one of them got over some of the heartbreak of what is going to happen at the end of the movie, which we'll <laughs> talk about, uh, it, it it actually took until about nine o'clock that night. Um, 
or she actually finally op- she finally opened up from the emotional scarring of what happened and started Damn. to discuss the move <laughs> the movie because uh, we I saw- didn't realize it took that long yeah yeah well we saw the movie at 10 a.m. and uh, she started talking about it about 9 a.m. and how much she loved Ray and she was actually telling me what her favorite parts were uh, and well that's I guess a part of what, what we're going to talk about but. I'm actually, this is sort of a cheeseball thing to say, but I'm actually glad that my little girls are going to grow up in a world where Ray is a character. That's how phenomenal she was. <laughs> um, you know, it's a fem- it's not a feminist thing. Like this, this is a girl who it's, it's, there's nothing feminine. She doesn't compromise any of her femininity she's not sexualized at all in the movie uh there's nothing about her hair nothing about her makeup nothing about her clothes that actually you know draw you in sexually as a male or somebody who's attracted to females um but her how she dealt with the various situations there's not a single time where she needed saving throughout the whole film. If you go even to the end, you know, towards the climax of the movie where they're going to star killer base to rescue Ray, mind you, they <laughs> soon discover like, Oh shit. She doesn't need rescuing. She's she got this. Herself. Yeah. And, and that, that mirrors the, towards the beginning of the film where he sees the two guys grab her and, and the droid and he, uh, he, um, Finn sees them and he starts right. running towards to help and she kicks their asses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then like he keeps grabbing her hand. She tells him once, quit grabbing my hand. I got this. And she tells him again, I got this. Uh, and then, she, and then, and then like a few seconds later, she grabs his hand and yanks him and pulls him. Right, right, right. So it, it's, it's definitely Ray kicking ass, uh, throughout and, uh, absolutely loved that. Uh, so she proved herself to be uh, quite the, you know, I, I, I've been keeping up on the theories and uh, some of the rumors ever since, you know, I guess since what, two years ago when they started filming, I guess. Um, and yeah, most of it was proven to be bullshit. Uh, but yeah. one, but one of the things that I think has proven to be true is that uh i think i remember reading something about how she's going to she is force sensitive at the very least uh of course there's always been very serious in who she is but uh even from the first moments we see ray where she's hopping around this uh star destroyer and of course for the if hopefully everybody who's listening to us by now has seen the movie and we know what scene we're talking about, but it's when she's in the uh she's scavenging and she all she has and she's like how many feet in the air would you say about 80 90 feet in the air there's nothing she has no tether she's just you know ripping things off and jumping on a rope from midair um so even from that first shot it's like that's not normal i don't care who you are unless you've got the fucking force you're not going to do that shit and even though she probably doesn't realize she has it i think she's you know she's definitely got it well her physicality was impressive if you watch you know, some of the scenes on Jakku where they're running from the TIE fighter yeah. shooting at them. <clears throat> she, if you watch her legs while she's running in sand, they never slow down. They keep the same exact pace. You watch John Boyega. Uh, okay. Every time his every time his, his feet land, there's a second where, where he slows down. 
as as he tries to push through yeah. the shifting sand. Her legs, boom, 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 like it's not a problem. She either she was in phenomenal shape already, or she worked her ass off. Oh yeah, I see what you're saying there. Uh, okay, so as far as the character of Ray, uh, I guess this is the last thing I'm gonna say about it in for, in, in the uh, terms of a female person kicking ass is how disappointed I am in the lack of Ray merchandise out there because ever since we saw the movie all my little girls have been talking about is ray ray this ray that and how much they want like a ray figure and things like that and i think they've you know they've got the normal size figures uh which you know you go out, of course it's christmas time you go out there right now you cannot find anything with ray on it i even really? went that sucks i even went to the comic book store and this is a true story i went to the comic book store yesterday with my girls and i was going to get them the ray pop figure uh, for those of you who keep track of those things, and there was one left on the shelf. I turned. I was. I was asking the 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 guy who sells them. I'm like, hey, um, what? I mean, have you seen anything else as far as Ray merchandise goes besides the pop figures? And no sooner had I asked him this question, somebody grabbed Ray, the one Ray he had left, and like came over and bought it. What's a pop figure? Uh, those they look like the big head, cute figure things. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so not really, Ray. Uh, it's all there. I mean, basically, that's all there is. There's like a there's a six inch figure that costs like fifty bucks on eBay. Not even worth it. It's the Black Series, uh, and we were actually going to get them Target. The uh, Target had the six pack with like a, a stormtrooper and uh, one of the Tie Fighter pilots and Kylo Ren and uh, Poe and uh, Finn and I think I guess one or two others. But of course, there's no way Ray twelve inch because these are it's a twelve uh, twelve inch six pack and Ray is nowhere to be found. So um, that's that's really horrible. And, well, yeah, there was no Captain Phasma either. No, uh, um, Brienne of Tarth. No, 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 no Brienne of Tarth. Well, I know what I would have wanted as a child. I would have wanted a, uh, like a, to scale, um, uh, maybe plastic or wood would be better, uh, version of her staff. I would have loved. Oh, loved that. I actually saw some of those on like eBay or whatever, but I don't think they're the, uh, legit ones yet. Uh, I'm just hoping that. Mattel gets their heads out of their asses and gets on this over the next couple of years and has a lot more Ray stuff coming out. Anyway, are we? Re- uh, I'm ready to move on to the actual story. I'm sorry, I, I had to vent vent about that okay. just a bit, a bit, little, a bit, a bit, just a wee bit. That's okay. Um, anyway, so of course Ray is uh, the central character in the movie The Force Awakens. Something that we didn't quite know going into it that that would be the case uh we we weren't quite sure who's we weren't sure who was getting the most screen time uh beforehand but it does prove to be that you know it does prove that ray was the one that we were supposed to pay attention all along and she obviously has proven herself very special from the get-go and this is going to culminate because she meets up she (laughs) it was one of the great reveals in 
cinema history in my, in my opinion was how they're running towards that that spacecraft like you said when she was in, in tip-top shape oh yeah uh yeah. And she's like oh we're gonna steal that and he's like what about that one and she's like that's a piece of garbage and you're like oh yeah of course they're in a junkyard it's real garbage and then the, the ship in front of them blows up and she's like okay we'll take the garbage and then you know the camera <laughs> pans slowly you're like oh it's the millennium falcon, the falcon. oh my god <laughs> uh yeah that was absolutely beautiful uh, it was comedic, but perfect. Um, yes. So going back to that. But anyway, she steals it. They end up on a, a freighter uh, owned by Han and Chewie. And from there, uh, of course, they exchange their stories about who they are and what they are. And meanwhile, it does not seem to me that Han knows who she is. I'm going to throw that out there um, for a good reason. Um, Wookiees are known for their senses of smell. Chewie does not recognize her smell. Throwing that That's out there true. as well. Um, anyway, and the, the, basically, you know, the droid BBA, we forgot to mention him. Uh, so you, you know that some of the reviewers, or at least one or two of them, were comparing BBA to Scrappy Doo. What? what? <sighs> I don't. I did not get those vibes at all. I thought, I thought BBA was great. Like uh, Scrappy-Doo from Scooby-Doo, right? That's what this one reviewer in particular said. Now, um, I compare Psych to Scooby-Doo, but not not Star Wars. <laughs> compare what? Psych. Oh, 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 oh. The TV show Psych. Yes, yes, yes. Psych is the grown-up version of Scooby-Doo. It's why I love it so much. <laughs> no, we're not talking about Psych, uh, the okay, former sorry. USA show. No, some people were so, – this one particular uh, reviewer had called BB-8 uh, the Star Wars version of Scrappy-Doo. And well, I, I had originally questioned uh, BB-8's design. It's like, what, what the hell is the point of that? Uh, yeah. But then you see how maneuverable – he was, and it's like, oh, they couldn't have some slow ass astromech droid following him yeah. around. <laughs> well, you know, that's the funny thing. Like, I was like, oh, that's bullshit. It's a ball droid. That's stupid. And then they, uh, Comic Con this past summer, you know, they actually had the, like, a real functioning one there rolling around. I'm like, oh, shit, it really works. That's a great idea. <laughs> uh, of course, Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson in the last couple of days has uh, come out uh, mocking some of the science in Star Wars, and one of those was how BB-8 would not be able to maneuver on sand. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I love Neil deGrasse Tyson, um, and obviously he's much more qualified to make these assessments, and I totally 100% back him in his assessment of the science behind Starkiller Base, which I think most people are like, eh, it's shit. Um but man, leave BB-8 alone, man. He's cool, and surely there are ways of making that work on sand or something. I mean, if they can roll around the uh, nerd juice covered floors of the San Diego Convention Center, surely nerd juice. Oh god! Yeah, I mean they're squirting their midichlorians. <laughs> they're squirting their midichlorians all over Jeff. <laughs> it's got to be everywhere. It's the cosplay girls. <laughs> Ew. But you're probably right. Uh, you, you wonder, like, I, I, at first I wanted to go to Comic-Con, and then I was like, you know what? That's just... 
there's a whole lot of just weirdness going on. And, uh, you know, I just imagine like, cause some of these girls have dressed it up. Cause you know, I've gone to the com the comic convention, uh, here in town and, uh, some of those guys, you know, they're, they're filling their spank banks for years to come. <laughs> like, Oh my God, that's Harley Quinn. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> come on guys, get it together. Anyway, stay on target. Uh, stay so, on target. So, yeah, we're staying on target. Um, so anyway, Ray ends up being taken to uh, the planet where Han is heading. Han and Chewie have taken her. They have this really awesome moment where Han is sort of like offering her a job. Yeah. Oh, that was just it was so like heartbreaking, and it made me feel feelings in that part. I'm not going to be nice to you. Yeah, I was just like something along those lines. And the funny thing is, like some of the, some of that dialogue is like, you know, if we're coming out of anybody else's mouth, it might be like cheesy, but it was perfect for that character in that moment, and I, I really liked some you know, oh. that interaction in particular. Anyway, okay, so one, one thing I what? noticed about um, um, you you wondered if if Daisy Ridley's uh, if Ray had been kind of raised, raising herself ever since she got to Jakku. Yeah. Um, but I think she, I think the, the, what's the name of the weird fat alien that had her by the arm? Oh, uh, like Plutunket or something like that. Yeah. I think he took care of her for a little while. Yeah. Kind of as slave labor, but <laughs> yeah, because she knew the ins and outs of what he did to that ship. I, I could see that. I, I could agree with you there. So I'm guessing he kept her for a while and then they had a bit of a falling out. Uh, a falling out is in, Hey, I'm not getting paid for you anymore. Go earn something. And yeah. that could very well be the case as well as, uh, he might've been receiving a stipend for foster care and then decided to just say, fuck it at one point. Anyway, um, we'll talk about that in just a second, but I think we need to talk about this vision because there is a lot of food for thought in terms of this vision. So in terms of this vision, the, Oh, I guess it really does start off. She grabs. Okay. She's following this voice it's a, of a child screaming uh, to the basement of Maz Kanata. And of course, Maz Kanata is apparently Han Solo's old barkeep pirate friend. Anyway, she's a barkeep and she owns this bar that looks like a castle or whatever. That's like the coolest. Who seems bar to be I've force sensitive. Who uh, seems say, to be force sensitive. Yeah, who seemed to be at least a little more sensitive uh, because she knows that Han is in her bar even before she sees him. Or maybe she just has an excellent sense of smell. Hmm? And Chewbacca is her boyfriend. And Chewbacca, yeah. Uh, that part was also <laughs> very entertaining. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> so she's following this voice that she hears. She goes down in this basement of this castle. And I guess at that point we kind of call it a dungeon. But she enters this room. It's basically like a treasure vault and inside of this chest, she opens and there's a lightsaber. And the minute she touches it, she starts having these visions and this, these visions, uh, I believe are crucial in deciphering not only who she is, but what might be coming next in the next two movies. Uh, so shall we break it, break it on down, Jeffrey? Okay. Uh, the first part of the vision uh, she seems to be at Cloud City or at a facility built by the same company or race. 
Okay, uh, pause. The future of the past is unclear. Okay, so that that's it. And I thought you were full of shit because, like, I remember what you're t- like. Oh yeah, that could be the Death Star. But you you showed me the pictures, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, they're spot on. If you were to Google Ray R E Y and Vision and Cloud City, you'll see I think, the fourth result. The sixth result and about the tenth result. There's one of Vader, one of Luke uh, from Empire Strikes Back, and then the there's one that I saw that was basically taken with a cell phone of the Force Awakens. And you do side by side by side comparisons, and I, that hallway yeah, Google images, Google yeah, images, Google images. That hallway looks identical. Yeah, like it's not even this. I don't see any differences uh, at all. Honestly, like maybe the lighting is kind of, but I have a hard time thinking that's not where it is since you mentioned it and showed me the pictures. And yeah, that, I think it's a good possibility. And I, I mean, it makes sense because where was the last time that lightsaber was? Well, that we know it was it, it was lost on Cloud City. Uh, yep. So I, I think that's definitely a vision of the past and perhaps someone having uh you know, retrieve the lightsaber from whatever junk piled or whatever that was with, you know, um, before the little, before the little pigs burned it. Oh, and, and by the way, I'm actually very glad that this, because all the rumors I had read, like, Oh, everybody's after the lightsaber. I'm so glad that this is not the, the lightsaber was not the movie's MacGuffin that it was, yeah, not, I heard that too. It was yeah. not all about the light, the, the lightsaber, Played an important role, but it was not a motivating story or plot arc whatsoever. And I think that no. was actually a lot better. But anyway, um, so what? What is next in the vision? Uh, the the second the second part, uh, whether it's in the future or the past, is unknown. Um, I think it could be on the island because you can see rounded structures in the background, like the ones on the island. Remember those little rounded structures that she's going up? They look like little houses okay. kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> do we think that's the future? Um, or do we think that's the past? Like I said, I I don't know. It could be could go either way. Um, I think we're led to believe the hand on R2 has to be Luke's, but I think the mechanical hand actually looks a little chunkier than Luke's hand at the end of the movie. See, I, do, I think it's definitely him. I, I don't have any any doubts about um, that. When he, when he does put his hand on on R2, you hear uh, Luke yelling, No! No! Like he did on Bespin. Oh, I, I, I got you. taken from Bespin. Um, uh, well, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, so uh, it might be sort of a combination of past and uh, past and I guess further past. Um, I can see that. Okay. And what's next? If it is Luke, uh, I think it's like he found the original Jedi temple and maybe burned someone on a pyre there. And in grief, he reached out and touched R2 or perhaps it was Luke being burned at the temple after Ray Finn, or maybe even Ben in classic Star Wars fashion, like loses a hand in the future. Uh, I don't believe the island was the location of Luke's Academy. No, I don't think so either. Um, and I don't think that I, I don't I don't think that anything is, that she's seeing is far in the future. I think she's seeing something like a little bit in the future, uh, especially as it comes. To, well, even when it comes to Kylo Ren, it might very well be the past. Uh, but anyway, keep keep going. 
Well, if if Kylo Ren, if it was where the Academy was, Kylo Ren would know where the island was. So, well, I just, I, I guess it could be because the you know it was raining very hard and it was storming and it was it was dark, so we don't really have an indication of where. Of course, this is referring to the vision, and well, you, you see that you the scene is it's stormy, it's raining. You have the Knights of Ren, of which there are seven, yeah, correct? The third part, the third part of the vision. Yeah, I, I suspect it's from Ray's past. Uh, okay. I don't think it's on the island. No. You remember how how the land looks just way too big and way too flat? It's it too flat, that, and they're, the, all the yeah. bodies are all the bodies are around him in the rain. So that that yeah, is one hundred percent past. And I think whatever that's showing is in fact the uh, Jedi Academy that we've mentioned. Definitely could be. I have one other theory though. Okay. About that. Shoot. Um. Let me see. I, I wrote like like four different theories. <laughs> uh, here's you know, there's the whole thing. It's it's the academy, and they they went there with some mercenaries, and and you know he decided not to kill Ray to use as a you know it, it, like maybe he was the one that took her to Jakku and kept her there in case he needed a. So you think that Kylo apprentice. Ren was the one? Maybe he was. No. He was really good at at I, uh, mind. Force magic. Yeah, I, yeah, I understand that, but I think he like would have recognized her a lot faster. Maybe if well, that he were did the case. Recognize her eventually. Um, yeah, I just I, I I don't think he recognized her from the for necessarily that. I think my, I think okay. I, since we're talking about it, uh, I definitely think Ray was at the Jedi Academy, and judging by, I mean, I'm just guessing as a, a person who has little girls in his house, uh, but from the sounds of the voices, I would say that she would have been like six, seven years old. I'm guessing yeah. seven. And in the movie, I think we're supposed to believe that she's about 20. Um, so we, we get the idea that 13 years ish has passed. So even if we're not talking about counting up the hashes on the wall of the ad ad, uh, I, I'm guessing around 13, 15 years tops, and as little as as few as 10 years have passed. So anywhere from 10 to 15, but 13 is probably a little healthier of a guess. But anyway. Well, here's my alternate kind of way out there theory. Theory four. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> one of Palpatine's concubines was pregnant when he died, and she was smuggled to some backwater in hopes of one day returning a Palpatine to the throne. Uh, Snoke found out about this while sh sifting through the recovered Imperial arch Archive and sent the Knights of Ren and some mercenaries to kill or capture the offspring of Palpatine that could threaten his rule. When complete, the Knights order were ordered to kill the mercenaries so no one would know about it, which Ben seemingly killing one of his own men, you know, would make more sense. Uh, Rey is the grandchild of Emperor Palpatine. Um... Uh, uh, nah, <laughs> it's a cool theory, and then uh, and then you know it's as Kylo cool Ren's as my theory of how the movie ended that didn't actually end that way. My version but was I, better, okay. But I I think if if it's something like that, I think Kylo Ben was the one that left her on the planet, wiped her memory, um, told her that he would come back for her one day, and that kind of you know you know how memories can alter over time, and that right. and you know that turned into her family someday is going to come back, I, and it seemed to be an implanted compulsion that she needed to return to Jakku or she needed to Jakku. stay because there she would be safe. Uh, I agree. I think that the, the, whomever 
left her there, I think it was some very strong force suggesting that she needed yeah. to stay to keep yes. her safe. Uh, and even if Lor Santeca was not a practitioner of the force, uh, I think whoever, whoever he was with shortly before that, or even, uh, up until that point was, I mean, very well could have been the one who did, did that. Okay. Uh, anything else we talk about the vision? Um, Well, that's well. The part four was the, you know, her, you know, no, don't go or whatever, you know, and the quiet girl. Uh, okay. You know, on, obviously on Jakku. Okay. Um, yeah, that's the part where we see the the chubby alien who apparently owned the Millennium Falcon at that point. Uh, I can't precisely remember his name. It was like you, you Plunkett. Well, whatever. Um, yeah. you know, take, taking her away by the arm as the ship sped off. Uh, I judging by the ship, I'm not a ship guy in terms of star Wars, but it looked more of a, uh, common design rather than like an Imperial or first order design. Uh, looks like a transport. Yeah. So I, I, I don't necessarily, uh, I don't necessarily, I don't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not buying into your theory, Jeff. I'm not buying what you're selling, but it's just a neat theory. No, I came it's, up with. it's an idea. It's cool. No, I, I think I'm sticking to the, like, I think that Laura Santeca either by himself or with one other person who may well have been Luke, uh, was the one who brought her to Jakku to keep her safe after the, uh, I should say the massacre at his academy, because it, from the look of the bodies in the rain, there were at least thirty, if not more, bodies. And of course, that's just a very cursory uh, count, because obviously it was a quick moment, and I didn't have time to like count them all up when the lightning flashed that one time. I watched it frame by frame. Yeah, not, I haven't. <laughs> we haven't got the DVD yet. Um, so no, but there are obviously quite a few students. At this academy, and Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren killed them all, or did he? Speaking of that, um, there, uh, you know, people are saying, "Well, why did he kill one of the Knights of Ren?" You know, I think that the the first of all, the person he killed was dressed differently from yeah. the rest of the Knights of Ren. Um, I think it was like you know, like I said, you know, they hired some mercenaries to go do the job with them, and then took them out. Because they didn't want them spreading any knowledge of you know what they had done or where they. Had oh, done. I see, I see. Um, and besides, if you if you look, I, I read a bunch of stuff online about how there's there's seven knights of Ren. Right. And if you look after he kills that guy, there's still seven. Oh, okay. So, so he, that I don't think he, extra guy who said he was a knight of Ren. I don't think he was a knight. All of right. Ren. Well, let's let's talk more about what happened then. So Kylo Ren, uh, he of course is. We we actually learned this pretty quickly in the film that he's the son of Han and Leia. And of course, towards the end of the movie, we find out what his real name is. It's Ben, and so he's Ben Solo. But for the sake of our our podcast, we're going to refer to him refer to him as Kylo Ben instead of Kylo Ren. So Kylo Ben, uh, along with his Knights of Ren, have massacred whatever students Luke had. It, there's no po- – I mean, in looking at that scene from her vision, there's no way Luke was present. Well, yeah, that's what I was questioning in, in one of my – I know you don't like that one theory, but it was the f- fourth theory. <laughs> yeah, I, um, 
like I said, uh, if Luke was there, why is he still alive, or why didn't he stop Ben? Right. I mean, and the Knights of Ren. I, I, I think by this point, you know, I guess this would, would have been roughly twenty years after uh, Return of the Jedi. Um, I think Luke would have been handling everybody just fine if he were there. So, yeah. was Luke, you know, fulfilling something to the Republic at that point? I mean, I, I'm, I'm led to believe that he was away. Um, and that Ray was with somebody else, uh, you know, and L- L- Laura Santeca, chief among them, is who I think it, who I think it is. Yeah, and I she's, think he was off finding the 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 first Jedi temple, right? With, uh, that, yeah, that could very well be, but that that's of course where you know he ends up going eventually anyway. Um, yeah, but I think Laura Santeca took took Ray away and dropped her on Jakku and that's where he supposedly retires. Like who the fuck is going to retire on Jakku? Really? Nobody. Yeah. Supposedly it said that was, he wasn't just there to, to give them, to give, uh, uh, Poe the, the disc. He was, you know, the, the disc drive. He was they said that that was his hometown. That's where he lived now. Yeah. Like I could see that. Like, Oh, maybe he's actually from the planet of Jakku. And like he's just going home to retire and chill out, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, and that's why he brought Ray there because I mean that that might make sense, or maybe because it's the site of this this old battle between the Republic and, or should say the the rebellion and the Empire. It's, the that battle, the Battle of Jakku, is supposed to take place like six months after the Battle of Endor, I believe yeah, it was that I read. So, yeah. I mean, like, okay, this this doesn't seem like a very likely place they'd end up, so they're going to go hide out there. But anyway, that, that brings up this other point. What, like, was Ray separate enough, or was Ray even with Luke Skywalker at the time when the rest of the uh, Jedi Academy was slaughtered? Yeah, that's why I questioned who dropped her off. Because right. Okay, so I... To- I guess having I'm, a memory of being there. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. Um, but then again, she had the vision of Cloud City as well. So I'm I'm not necessarily. True. I'm not I'm not sold that she's been everywhere her vision indicates. Uh, but anyway, uh, we, we'll talk about the parentage then. So we're strongly led to believe uh, because of trailers, because of dialogue in the film that Ray is related to either Luke or Leia. Uh, if you go back to the trailer with Luke voiceover, how the force rung strong in my family and then oh, and yeah. it rung that's strong that's in you. Um, I mean, that could be talking about Ben Solo. It, it might be. It could be a flashback. Exactly. And, you know, I don't just, just because it occurred in the trailer doesn't mean it's gospel anyway. Um, but... <sighs> I've heard people like, oh, that has to be Han and Leia's daughter. And, of course, some people are saying it's twins because in the expanding universe, they have Jason and Jaina. Uh, <laughs> I, I definitely don't think that's the case. I don't think that Han and Leia are, are the parents for a couple of reasons. Number one, J.J. Abrams has gone out and said, it's like, yeah, I'm not really paying attention to the EU stuff. It, I, we're not doing that. It's just We're not doing anything. So I, maybe it's a different kind of daughter, like a couple years younger. All right, but you've had such a fucking terrible time with with Ben Solo. Why are you necessarily have another? Because um, it sort of indicates that he was a problem child to begin with. Yeah. And, okay, so you have that, and of course, you know, yeah. you know, like being the daughter of Vader, 
having a kid and like that's something that can happen. But anyway, um, and so that leaves us the only other option is that Ray is Luke's child. Well, I came up with another option, but you know, well, you did, you did say the Palpatine, <laughs> but it doesn't come into the whole, like this trilogy. George Lucas said it. JJ Abrams said it. This whole trilogy is about family. And, um, well, it would make sense if that would make sense. You well, know, I, if Ray were the like the five year old little girl of Luke Skywalker, uh, traveling or you know she were with Luke at the time, or she were being cared for by Lor Santeca, or you know some other priest of the Force at that time, while she was not right there when the Knights of Ren attacked, and of course Lor Santeca took her away to be safe. Uh, you know, maybe he met up with Luke and like, Hey, I'm going, you need to hide her, keep her safe. Here's the map to find me. I'll, but well, I, I should find you, you know, that kind of thing. Here's a theory that I heard, um, that kind of, there was kind of a slab on it tilted right in front of Luke where he was standing. It looked maybe like a grave marker, like maybe, you know, he thought she was dead and he, you know, made a grave for, you know, made a headstone for, you know, the Jedi. Yeah, temple. except he's he would know. I mean, I don't know. He he knows when other people die by the force. It would seem like it. Why? If he really if she really is his daughter, why? There's there's a slight look of loathing almost on his face when he turns around and sees. Oh, that, that brings up a good point. Uh, so we, we were talking before we started podcasting here about an article that io9 post posted because apparently they just released the uh, text uh, ebook version of, uh, the force awakens novelization. And it did not come out before the movie because nobody wanted the spoilers, but, uh, in the end of the force awakens, it, it does say what emotion is registering on his face. Um, and it's, I, I can't exactly remember the word, but it's more like apprehension. Like he's, just he he doesn't know quite what to do with her being there yet. So he's he just he like wasn't ready to deal. Yeah. All right. Well, the, at the end, you know, the, the, his his look of that weird look on his face. Remember, it kind of melts to a fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like fine. Like like he, he's 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 accepted that this is going to happen. Right, right, right. I'm I'm bringing up the article as we speak, so to to verify, because it actually gives a uh, text that's at the end of the end of the book. Yeah, it's at the the end of the novelization. Because uh, you know, that was the other thing I was going to talk about. I was like, what the fuck is registering on Mark Hamill's face? Like, I don't think it's disgust. It might be like apprehension. Like, I thought I thought I was seeing like heartbreak. So that it was this, it was definitely a strange look. I wasn't sure what it was. Yes, agreed. Okay. Did you find it? Uh, yes. His hair and beard were white, and his countenance was haunted. That's what it was. He did not speak, nor did she. Remembering, her, Ray reached into her, her pack and removed his lightsaber. Taking several steps forward, she held it out to him an offer, a plea, the galaxy's only hope. Yeah, I remember it was like, take it. I don't, I don't want it. Take it. So the, I don't want it. His countenance is haunted. That's the, that's what we're looking for. And if it is a headstone, like somebody suggested, you know, that's in front of him, could that be uh, 
Ray's. If, if she could raise mother. I was say, could it be raise mother? Um, yeah. And I, and I also think that Ray's mind was wiped, like uh, using the force, so she doesn't exactly yeah, remember anything. Uh, which which would definitely mean that Luke survived, or some other Jedi survived, and so I'm I'm inclined to think that was Luke. I really am. That, trying to figure out that why did the wiping anyway. Her. Say what? I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to figure out why he would just leave her though. Well, he so, would leave her. I mean, it's sort of, and this is something that happens a lot in that film as well. There's a lot of mirroring with what's going on in a in a New Hope, and it does mirror. If Lor Santeca is like the old man who's watching in the wilderness, Ben over, Kenobi, yeah, is watching over young Luke, then this would mean you know Lor Santeca mirroring is watching over young Ray growing up on a desert planet. The only thing I can I can reason as to why Luke would just put her somewhere was if he was dealing with uh, you know despair and worrying that he may fall to the dark side. That well, that's true too. And if Kylo Ren, Kylo Ben, killed Ray's mother uh, in the massacre as well, uh, that would be a, a big reason for him to back away as well. Yeah, it's like if I go dark side, I don't want to be anywhere near. He, he may have not known where she was. Yeah, he may have. Wiped, well, that's the thing. I, I, I really think that Lord Santeca met up with Luke, and they diverged there. You know, to a different wherever. And that's why she remembers the island. That could be. Remember when he right. was probing her mind? He Ooh, says, uh, yeah. I like it. When when you when you lie awake at night and you can't sleep, you envision an ocean, and it's like. And and there's the island. Yeah. Yeah, he was kind of sifting through what he saw uh, before. I like it. Okay. So Luke is worried about going dark side, and he's like, here, take her, put her somewhere. Well, that, and I think he wanted to keep her safe. Like, part of it's because he just wanted to keep her safe from Kylo Ren. Yeah. And he, he knew he would have a target on his back with a kid. So, you know, he basically entrusted her to this other guy to take care of. Um, all right, so let, that, enough about the the vision. I think we've talked at length okay, about okay, that. Okay. Um, anyway, do we do we think that there's anything special about her staff because she does keep it with her uh, throughout the entirety of the movie? I'm I mean, not sure anymore. Because, even um, even I noticed as they were about ready to fly off to find Luke at the end, and she's getting to the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon, she sets the staff in the corner of the cockpit. Um, I'm not sure if it's. If it's special anymore, because you notice a lot of the other people, you know, in on Jakku had uh, staves. Okay, staves. Yeah, I got you. Uh, I saw it so, was interesting that she still has it. She still has it. It, it might come to you know play uh, later on, especially in terms of her lightsaber forms. Yeah, she might. Yeah, she might put it in there. It could just be. It that's the weapon that kept her alive. Yeah, that's true too. For years, you don't. You wouldn't. Yeah, you know, even say, "Oh, I got a blaster now." It'd be hard to set aside something that that had basically been your ally yeah, for years. Yeah, that's true. All right, um, let's go ahead and so we're talking about the parentage and how she got there. I think the next guy we need to talk about is Finn. He's also a, a bit a bit of a mystery uh, because in the first order, they're not using clone troopers anymore. And I actually I read something on Huffington Post I think this morning or last night about how stormtroopers can't still can't hit anything worth a shit. <laughs> uh, I disagree. I think uh, having real human beings, not clones, have enabled them to at least hit some things. I mean, at the beginning of the movie, a couple of stormtroopers hit 
uh, Poe Dameron's engines on his X-Wing. It's like, you know, like that. Took him out. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, well, that was a crack shot. You can't really get any better than that. <laughs> and the only other, I guess, comparison that we have is when they're fighting at Maz Kanata's castle. Um, and like, I mean, like so- they were firing. I mean, moving targets are not easy to hit. Uh, I totally can see that. Well, also, the they're not clones anymore. It, were they abducted children? They like took them from their parents. That, that that's it. Yeah, I now? think we're we're meant to we're meant to believe by something that Phasma says and something that General Huck says uh, when they're talking about Finn not passing his conditioning or whatever um, that they've been taken since they were very small and uh, conditioned to be basically to basically be drones in the stormtrooper army. Uh, anyway, so yeah, maybe. Uh, so what do we think about Finn? Uh, is he force sensitive? Is uh, he not? That's the question. And the, f- I've, I've seen it twice. And the first time I watched it, I was not inclined to think that he was, but, but a few things happened during the course of the force awakens that make me think that force is the running in Finn. Uh, the force, force, is, the force is strong with Finn. Uh, of course, not to the same extent that it is with Ray, uh, especially if she's a Skywalker, if you know what I'm saying. Um, but Finn, this is something I, I, I haven't looked too much online, and I'm not sure how many other people have noticed it, but when Starkiller Blaze, sorry, Blaze, Starkiller Base starts blazing, makes me, makes me think that they're like firing up a big dope, big uh, <laughs> joint or something. When they're firing the blaze... <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're destroying the Hosnian system, and it's really just like a big Tommy Chong with a joint in his mouth. Thanks, guys. Something like that. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> nice. You guys uh, feeling it yet? You guys feeling it yet? Kind of hits you in the boo boo. All right. Uh, Sorry. You know, I was actually thinking about something else, Tom, uh, Cheech and Chong related earlier in, in relation to Star Wars. So it's funny how that comes up again. Uh, anyway, Starkiller Base fires a shot that destroys the Hosnian system. And for clarification purposes, I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there. The Hosnian system is not anything to do with Coruscant. Uh, we know Coruscant has having been the capital capital of the Republic before the Empire took hold. Although in some of the uh, ancillary materials regarding Force Awakens, the Hosnian system is where uh, the Senate is based that rules the Republic as well yep. as much of its fleet. So the Republic got much of its fleet destroyed and the Senate is destroyed. Does that mean they still have can still have a functioning government? Yeah. I mean, you probably have replacements ready to go from your planet who like could go serve in an ad hoc uh, Senate if needs be. Like, I don't think that's necessarily going to wipe out uh, all any and all shape of government for the Republic. But it definitely well, fucks things up for a while. Say what? Well, they probably had ancillary, you know, dignitaries at other. You're right. Yeah, other I agree. I think because it said it said in some of the other material that the New Republic would uh, change capitals on a regular basis. Right. So it makes you think that like, oh, hey, let's go back to the one that was before that, or whatever. Yeah, like you know, the people the people who lived there that worked with the Senate are now like the dignitaries of the Senate. You know. Right. Right. Easy I, promotion. I get you. Uh, but anyway, so as that place, right before the Starkiller base 
actually hits that planet with the the beam uh we see a close up of Finn looking up at the sky and he hears the voices before we cut to the actual planet where we see what what I initially thought was Coruscant but it ends up being I guess Hosnia and you it cut it's, it stops and it cuts to the planet and then it starts again and I, it's the same it's the same voices like he I think he's seeing people die or about to die yeah, it's, it's there's a couple of interesting things like that, and uh, I don't know if if it was just a normal force sense or if there was a connection between them because he's slightly force sensitive. When at the you know, the very beginning when he refuses to shoot, and yeah, then, which would uh, be Kylo, something you'd expect of yeah, you you would expect somebody who you who can feel death through the force to not want to inflict more death. Uh, yeah. and, and the fact that, the, you know, in the climax of the, I guess the, not even the climax at this point, we're past it, uh, the end of the movie where, uh, Ray is thrown up against the tree and not, and knocked out. He takes up the lightsaber and it actually looks like he knows what to do with it and he can do at least a little bit with it. And he doesn't just look like some schlub holding a sword. Well, it, it, by with that fight scene he had earlier with that stormtrooper with the shock stick, I mean, it was it seemed like they had some hand-to-hand combat I definitely training, think they had training, yeah. Uh, but um, his his ability with it just seemed to go a little bit beyond that. Well, yeah, because you can't fight someone who's, you know, precognate unless you are as well. That's true. Work out very well for you. And for those of you who are following along, uh, Jedis are able to fight each other because they're precognitive. They sense what move you're going in. And if you're just some dude who's randomly fighting it, you know that you're going to parry to the left and then go left and go in for a thrust and kill you right away. And that doesn't happen to Finn, which also makes me think, yeah, you're right. It, it does lend to block, the idea. It's why they can block the blaster fire, too. That's true. That's true. Or if you're Kylo Ben, you can just hold it midair. That was badass. That was pretty cool. I like that. <laughs> um, okay. I was, like, I was like, holy shit, he's powerful. <laughs> so do we have any idea about, do you, do you want to take any stabs about who is, like, do you think he's special? Do you think, like, oh, my God, that's Lando Calrissian's kid or something? <laughs> Uh, oh, well, you know, Lando and Leia always kind of had that thing. Oh, my God. Love triangle. <laughs> um, but uh, um, here, well, here's a question that would also shed some light on that. Do you think um, uh, shit, I can't, Phasma? Yeah. Do you think Phasma is one of the Knights of Ren? <sighs> I am not inclined to think so, and this is why. Uh, we, we've talked about how we have like D&D personalities and whatnot. Uh, I think Captain Phasma is lawful evil, and I don't think that she would take part in something like that. Hmm. So she thinks it's just her normal sense, or maybe she was paying attention that he never fired his weapon. Why she approaches him after the battle? Correct. You know, why do you know who gave you leave to take off your helmet? You know, that right, right, right. I think she knew something was up because she's a good commanding officer. But it, but it wasn't through the force. I I don't think so. You know, Kylo Ren gives him that look, you know, after, you know, can sense that he's not. Uh, yeah, he, you know, he felt it. He definitely felt people. it. Uh, which brings me to my other point. I mean, in, in reasoning out this, what if Finn, being one of the younglings 
at this Jedi Academy. What if he was actually saved by Kylo Ren and put into the, you know, the stormtrooper training program, uh, to maybe later on, like if he knew he were, he were force sensitive. And then we know that these, uh, dark siders do like to have their apprentices. Uh, what yeah, if the he apprentices? Yeah. Yes. What if he implanted Finn, you know, wanting to harvest him later on to become his apprentice. And that's so why saying, he, take my, say what? take my theory for, take my theory for and switch, uh, Ray for Finn. Yeah, saying, ba- basically, of. yeah, that's actually <laughs> what I'm saying. Um, no, well, I mean, because just because Kylo Ren knew his call number, his identification number right away. Yeah, I'm yes. like, even if you're a commanding officer, you're not going to be like, oh yeah, FN sixteen twelve, blah blah blah. I mean, you got to be pee like, on this and piss ant that. Right, you'd you know? be like that shit hit over there and this dude over here, like whatever. Yeah. But he knew, oh, that was FN. 1285 or whatever the actual designation was um anyway so uh, okay so we we think we we do agree that finn is force sensitive and uh it's an interesting theory to consider that he may have uh been a plant by kylo ren uh being a survivor yeah, either that or he got damn high marks on his hand-to-hand combat training right and being on sanitation (laughs) i don't think that was the case True, true. Oh, sanitation would also be a good place to stick him so he wouldn't stand out that That's much. true. That's true. Oh. Um, <laughs> oh, oh. And what if young young Finn and young Ray were friends when they were little and like that's why they had such a a, a kindred uh you know, kinship, I guess should just say kinship between the two I of them. I can see them I can see them as little kids and him grabbing her hand and leading her along. Yeah, like, oh, like I can see that being a th- oh my god, Jeff. I think we just fucking figured out the next movie. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Uh so the next thing we need to talk about then is Snoke and the First Order. So let's talk about the uh the First Order first. Uh a lot of the uh na- I couldn't really call it naysaying because the a claim for the force awakens has been pretty much across the board. Uh, and when I tell people like, yeah, I really liked it. I have, uh, reservations about it. There, it's a movie with its flaws, but it's a movie so good that you're completely willing to look past those flaws in my opinion. Um, and one of the people who, who has posted, I think several of them actually, you're seeing a lot of like, oh, the 25 questions or the 40 questions we have about the Force Awakens that weren't answered. And it, one yeah. of them is, what's the deal with the resistance versus the, the first order versus the Republic? And I think Wait, that's actually, we, yeah. Before we get into it, I want to, I just want to say it's always funny when you see something like the first order. You know, it always, it always reminds me of, you know, driving through different towns and seeing the first Baptist church or the first church of God. And it's like, really the first one was in uh, Michigan. I'm surprised at that. No, <laughs> uh, I don't think that. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I, that I guess, shit would have national bank was not really the first fucking national bank. <laughs> yes, exactly. Alexander Hamilton founded that thing. Get the <laughs> hell out of town. I'm sorry about that. Aside. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Well, so anyway, uh, I think it's actually very easy to reason out the uh, origins of everything. Obviously, I mean, I haven't really been following the comic series because, the, frankly, the writing on the Star Wars comic series has been fucking terrible. Um, but 
uh, there's another series called Star Wars Shattered Empire, which is actually supposed to take place after Return of the Jedi. And if it's not the same, if it's not the same off, you know, writer for that comic, I'm actually going to pick it up and start reading it uh, because I am curious about what happens in particular. And of course, uh, what's happening in the comics now is canonical as yeah, well. I was, I was so, re- researching that. There's quite a few books that are going to be coming out. Yeah, yeah. And Chuck Wendig's uh, Aftermath, I'm definitely going to be picking up too because that's now canonical. And uh, our boy Kevin Hearn, the writer of the Iron Druid series, has a Luke Skywalker book that's Woo-hoo. also canonical, which I need to pick up as well. But anyway. Is that Weapons of the, Weapons of the Jedi? Um. I don't remember the title of. I think of, that's the one. Okay. Um, anyway, I know Aftermath actually has a lot going on in it that we, we, we probably need to read and discuss in terms of cool. what's going on. Uh, but the First Order is what's basically in the expanded universe. I'm, it's kind of like what's the, what they call the Imperial, Imperial Remnant. Uh, is, you know, what they call it in the books. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's a section of the galaxy that's been able to hold off on its own and do its own thing for a while. Whereas the Republic is what's, you know, on the other side of the galaxy. They've been able to patch themselves together. And then they get the, this resistance is sort of a clandestine, secretly supported, uh, rebellion within the First Order. Uh, that, you know, kind of smacks of the Cold War and what was going on back in the 80s and even before that in the 70s and 60s between the Soviet Union and Russia. I mean, uh, I could see it. And, of course, General Leia is the one who's the, the leader of the resistance. And that's basically just, a you know, it's a operation behind them, enemy lines with very loose uh, affiliation with the Republic. And the they're, First they're Order. Just, they're funded. Yeah, they're funded and of course. Them, that's about it. And, of course, to build Starkiller Base, no matter what level of manpower they would have had, would have taken a lot of time to construct the Starkiller Base because it's much, much larger than what the Death Star was. You uh, think they were working on that b- before the, even the second Death Star was destroyed? I don't think so. I, I, I don't think so. picked it up, like, immediately. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it would have been something that uh, a project started thereafter, although... Uh, we're, we're going to talk, start talking about snow care in a minute, but, um, yeah, so that's the government situation as far as that goes. Uh, and we're also just, just for clarification, uh, general Hux, captain Phasma and Kylo, Kylo Ben are all confirmed to be in the next movie. So even though we don't know what happens to them when the star killer base explodes, uh, we do know that that Hux talked to Snoke and he was like, get Kylo Ren and bring him to me. He's ready to finish his training. Uh, And I think we're, we also need to infer that captain Phasma is going to be the one of the people who helps save Kylo Ren, uh, get off psych and get off star killer base before it explodes. Um, but anyway, so, uh, Snoke, your prediction, Jeffrey, was I think was yes. the first one that you said when we did this last week, was that it's possible that Snoke was a character mentioned in Revenge of the Sith at the opera between Palpatine and Anakin. And this is before uh, Palpatine had revealed himself quite yet. And this is basically the revelation to Anakin when he starts talking about Darth Plagueis, uh, Darth Plagueis. having conquered death himself uh and i can i can even see that being some sort of 
uh, foreshadowing because one of the books, which is actually non, non-canonical now, we learned that Darth Plagueis is a moon, M-U-U-N, and that he was the master of Palpatine and Palpatine allegedly killed him in his sleep. Well, what if he didn't? What if Darth Plagueis survived and we actually know from the novelization of the uh, film The Force Awakens uh, where the uh, writer Alan Dean Foster says that Snoke has lived through the Empire and saw the the you know the rise and fall of the Empire and long before that and uh, has he it said it's even in the novel that he knew that Anakin Skywalker or Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's son so obviously this is an extraordinarily uh, savvy individual and it only and it's not confirmed at all but it definitely adds fuel to the fire that Snoke is in fact Darth Plagueis what are you thinking. Um, I still like the idea of him being Darth Plagueis. Um, also when you, you said, you know, he knew about the Skywalker lineage. It it makes me wonder, it's like, was he responsible for, you know, um, was it Shmi? Shmi's virgin birth? Oh yeah. That's, uh, that's what he basically says. Palpatine that is in Revenge of the Sith is like, oh, he could even, manipulate the birth through the force and so that would make him oh my god he's and luke skywalker's dead. grandfather yo <laughs> that I, mean, I actually like that he uh, was squirting some midichlorians he was squirting the midichlorians he's original <laughs> midichlorian squirter um honestly this actually brings up a good point um the, in the force awakens there was no reference whatsoever none to the prequels there were no characters other than r2 and c3po there were no aliens we saw in the prequels that showed up in force awakens there were no there are no offhand remarks about any events from the force away from the prequels that occur in the force awakens in fact you even have max von Sydow's very first line in the film is this will begin to set things right do you think that was a little jab at the prequels? <laughs> I never thought of it that way. That's funny if it was. <laughs> I think, you know, if you take that line of dialogue with the complete and utter omission of everything that preceded a new hope, I think it is. I think them, <laughs> I think thems are fighting words. <laughs> and it also jibes with, because apparently George Lucas saw the movie even before the pr- premiere last Monday. And he said, fans will like it. I like it, but I don't love it. Maybe he doesn't love it because they basically like bastardized the prequels. They hurt his fifis. They hurt his fifis. <laughs> I mean, I-, I have a hard time thinking that's not the case. Uh, that's pretty funny. That's well, pretty funny. I like that. dude, there's nothing. And so I heard somebody on like, like one of their YouTube channels uh talking like oh but the clones i'm like dude they talk about the clone wars and a new hope that's not prequels exclusive true and plus uh the clone wars uh cartoon is canonical canonical right so i mean i actually like canonical sorry i actually like those but yeah like and i'm not going to count those as necessary prequels or whatever but hey you know what i think it's all all been kind of washed clean 
Oh, okay. Uh, so there we go. That that's that. And so, what do you think about this relationship between Kylo Ben and his grandfather Darth Vader? Um, well, it's it's very typical for people to uh, look to a time past if they find issue with their with their own life and their own time period to look for a, uh, a a better age or or a better person to follow you know and it's yeah. easy to do with someone you never actually met yeah that's <laughs> it kind of rem- reminded me of uh that one of the early episodes of it's always sunny in philadelphia where uh they go visit uh the grandfather in the nursing home and they, they end up finding out that he was a nazi <laughs> and they like Shit. they start like sporting his clothes. First they try to sell it, and then they start wearing it. And Charlie <laughs> Charlie just can't get rid of it because he's in love with it so much. So I'm like, oh my god, Kylo Ben is Charlie. He can't get rid of it. <laughs> I don't know if you watch that show. It's it's one of my no, favorites. I don't. But that sounds hilarious. Yeah, it's it's a great show. Anyway, and people and people are also drawn to you know figures of of apparent strength and well you know, and you know Darth Vader who was you know the emperor's I got the the feeling in the in the original movies that Darth Vader was feared but not necessarily respected I mean you even have yeah, them they, off they like, of, oh the emperor's lapdog uh kind of a wild animal that might yeah you know, force choke you to death at any any right, moment which which was true which was true <laughs> he he might which, do that which kylo ben shows inklings of that what one of the one of the biggest laughs i think was when he was throwing a temper tantrum after um after ray escaped yeah and the two stormtroopers were coming to check in they're like okay wait a minute right 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 <laughs> yeah um Run, run away. Um, oh, yeah, you're right. So, uh, yeah, Ky- Kylo Ben. Um, he He's in love with the idea of what Vader was. And I think Snoke has basically romanticized Vader for him. Didn't really. Kylo doesn't know he started out as a whiny little bitch. <laughs> Otherwise, he'd be like, fuck that. I'm not going to be part of that. Yeah. Or, or, or I, think, maybe. I think that's what we're, I think that's what will redeem him back to the light. It's oh. like you know, he was a whiny little bitch. <laughs> well, he was up. You know, he actually became cool when he went to the dark side. So maybe that's yeah. what turned him. Maybe he was like he like Snoke has some video of Anakin in the prequels, and he's like, just watch. He's like, fuck the light side. I'm going dark, baby. <laughs> Anakin's a bitch. Hopefully we get to find out the whole story of how that happened. Oh, the the, the, the fall of, of Ben Solo. Yeah. Yeah, I think we will. I think I mean, it might not be explicit, but I think we will. Uh, okay, and I actually love the scene where he's praying to Vader's helmet. Yes, to help him help them shot help yeah. him turn away from the light. Turn away like I, he feels the call of the light, and of course, uh, that's what. You know, ends up in the the climax of the movie where he kills his father, uh, Han like, Solo. You realize that you know, Vader failed that test too. <laughs> Vader turned back to the light. Well, that's true. And but do we know that Kylo Ren knows that? Knows that? Seems it seems like like Luke would have mentioned it at some point. I think so too. But he, but what if that's one of the reasons why Kylo Ben? 
rebelled against Luke was he thought he was lying about it. I don't know. Interesting. Interesting to find out because there are no witnesses to Anakin turning back to the light other than Luke, right? That's true. That's true. So Snoke could probably be very easily sell the fact that Luke is lying. Yeah. Okay. Um, anything else we want to say about uh, Kylo Ben? Um, or or Snoke being Darth Plagueis or anything like that? Boy, when he first popped up and he was like freaking huge, it's like, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, there, there were rumors beforehand that he was 40 feet tall. So when I saw that, I'm like, holy shit, they're right. And then the hol- hologram sure flickered off and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. that makes sense. I'm pretty sure it's just compensation. Um, yeah, that could larger well be. Than, larger than life. Even in the originals, the Empire's big. head appeared, you know, super Huge. massive. So, eh, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I, I don't think he's necessarily compensating or standard megalomania yeah, trope, you know. <laughs> definitely. I think uh, Snoke has been, been able to survive as long as he has because he is smart and savvy and insidious in ways that anyone who came before him were not like Palpatine invader. So what's next? Uh, the other big question is why, why the fuck did Leia ever, why did she not ever train to be a Jedi? Um, probably fear of ending up like uh Vader and Ooh, her son. Good point. Good point. Um, well, of course, you know, she wanted, uh, obviously she wanted to help get the Republic off the ground and, uh, have a family. We do know from the novelization, the Han and Leia were in fact married at one point. Uh, and of course, I guess they're just separated by the time we get to the end of the movie and they're not divorced from what we can tell. Um, well, the loss of a child, that's very common. We, we also get the sense from the novelization that I was reading that Leia doesn't really have much love for the Republic. Uh, so I have this like, she didn't want to, I can see her not wanting to become a Jedi just so she can become a tool of this Republic. She helped refound, but also seemed just as diseased as the old one. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, the choice between you have a choice between the Republicans and the Democrats. They're both shitty, but you have to choose one. You got douchebag in terms of turd sandwich. <laughs> Um, anyway, all right. So yeah, the, that was one of the questions that was brought up and it's a valid question, but I don't think it's that big of a deal to answer the question. Uh, it's based on logic. I think she had, you know, it's very easy to see why she would not have ever become a Jedi. Honestly, uh, a yeah. lot of people, a lot of people are complaining as well that now that, you know, at the end of return of the Jedi, we don't get the impression. I mean, we were, we're left with the impression that everybody lives happily ever after. Uh, but I like the way the force awakens ended things. I mean, this is 30 years on, they've had 30 years to live life. And if Kylo Ben did what he did 15 years or 13 years before that, which is what we're guessing at the moment, um, you know, it's still a, a while to live in domestic bliss, as they tried to, you know, make something of it. Um, that's still a long time for him to have been away from Leia, if that was the case. Yeah. yeah. But like I said, it's very common. I mean, they did, he didn't die, but they essentially lost a child. You know? Right, right, right. Which is basically, you know, that that's what they say. 
in the it's movie. It's like common. we lost a child. That's what happens. And it's that's completely possible. Right, right, right. Marriages to break up after that happens. And you can also see, like, because you get the sense when Han's talking to those two, uh, you know, like the death gangs or whatever, that uh, he's had quite a bit of history out on his own being a smuggler again. Yeah, cheating everyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that was great. Uh, okay, let's move it on. Um, one of the this is the the second to last bullet we're going to talk about, but it's the fact about R two D two how he just sort of randomly woke up at the end of the movie at a very fortuitous time, um, and this is I guess one of the beefs that I had with it is like oh see the repro says like oh it doesn't match any known system that we have on record, and then like they project the galaxy. And then BBA walks up and just puts the little missing piece. I'm like, fuck you, C-3PO. It looks like you had a pretty good idea of where in the galaxy that was. <laughs> yeah. It's like, even if you don't have the map to that part of the galaxy, you could figure shit hole, out. That's right. where it is. I mean, this isn't, this isn't like we're talking about Hoboken, New Jersey. Obviously, the galaxy was a very, very big place. Uh, and apparently, J.J. Abrams has actually explained that part in the last few days. Uh, two things. R2-D2 wakes up. I was actually thinking that maybe that I was hoping that R2-D2 was scan was basically set to scan for Ray's life signs. And when Ray actually steps foot on that planet, boom, he wakes up. Cause that's the only thing that's actually different than what was different yeah, before. It, it, it does. He does take a while to boot up though. If that's the case, that's what JJ Abrams said. He's like, yeah, he's an old droid. When BB-8 comes up to him and says like, Hey, we got the map. Basically that's what sends him into awake mode. It just oh, takes really? They're while. saying that he took that long? Yeah, that's what J.J. Abrams is saying. That, uh, it, you know, for high technology, that seems a little long. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's a, a Commodore 64. Come on, people. <laughs> <sighs> uh, it, it could be J.J. Abrams just spewing bullshit, too, because he's known to do that. I, I, would, I would agree with that. I think it's him being bullshitty. I think, uh, do you think maybe Luke sent a signal and well it took, you know, that's it what take, you know i remember you saying that there. as well and i actually saw that on another website that luke tripped it like what you were saying and that's yeah maybe like maybe like when, when he, he sends on dying like dying, oh hey yeah. let's let's trip on r2 so they can come find me it's time to come do my job uh i'm still yeah. holding out that it was it was ray that he scanned ray and, and clicked on and that would be why uh jj abrams would have made would have lied about it hmm. were, were it the luke and han thing he wouldn't have lied you know wouldn't have said that he would have been like oh yeah it's because han sense or luke died luke died luke sense han dying and tripped him on like he would i think he would have just said that but if he's trying to cover up something he would have said what he said of course yeah. the most logical explanation is that jj abrams is telling the truth i just don't believe him not after that con business no. I don't. I don't believe him either. All right. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, the, yeah. I read that the con wasn't the con. And going back to what I was complaining about, as far as the star charts go, um, what were were what we're told, and this is from Michael Arndt, the original screenwriter, before they brought in Lawrence Kasdan and J.J. Abrams to finish it, was that uh, the galaxy is a you know extremely large place. If you are a Star Trek person, or if you're a Trekkie, which I am also as well. Also, Me as well. too. I'm, I'm, I'm double, triple, quadruple. Okay, whatever. Um, 
the galaxy is a very, very big place. And in fact, uh, they had an entire seven season show of them being lost in one part of the galaxy that they didn't have star charts for. And that's for a society with, with uh, very advanced te- technology. So, you know, I can see the star Wars galaxy, not necessarily having the entire galaxy charted out. So what Michael Arndt and I think JJ Abrams like confirmed this basically was that when R2D2 was on the Death Star and A New Hope, he basically downloaded the Empire's archives into his own system. And when he did that, he downloaded the star charts the Empire had as well. So the Republic didn't have those star charts, which seems a little far-fetched, but whatever. Um, and the, you know, the only reason why the First Order had them was because they're, you know, the remnant of the Empire or whatever. But yeah. uh, there's no reason why the Resistance or the Republic would have had them. So... Uh, R2 was able to facilitate the star charts by because of what happened in the Death Star 36 years before that. One thing I've gathered from watching Star Trek and Star Wars is that apparently hyperspace kip, kicks warp drives ass. Well, and I also, Han called it light speed as well, which I don't like because whenever they call it hyperspace, hyperspace, I was like, oh yeah, cool. That's, I mean, it's not necessarily saying something that's faster than light. And then they, then he called it light speed when they're going in this, the star killer base. I'm like, fuck it, Han. No, no light speed. It's like, that would take forever to yeah. get there at light speed. Actually. It would probably take you like 1500 years to get there. If you're lucky. Yeah. <sighs> uh, Whatever. Sorry. We nerded out for extra nerd. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, it, that you, you can't ever say something like you're going light speed. Cause that's not fast enough to get that far. No. People, no, no, no. come on. All right. But anyway, if it's, uh, that's the other thing. You, you get the sense that they're traveling a lot faster in this movie. I think that that's just editing, in my opinion. I don't necessarily think they're traveling any faster. I just think we're meant to uh, feel things faster. All but right. But it always seemed like they were traveling faster than they can in Star Trek to me. Um, agreed. Uh, I think they're, they're traveling faster than Warp 9. Yes. I, think, I think they would have to be. Um, anyway, so we know, uh, that we don't know it's either one, it's something going on with R2 and as far as projecting that and BB eight puts on the missing piece and they see the journey of Luke Skywalker, which brings us to the last bullet point, Luke Skywalker. Um, this goes back to our predictions, Jeff, uh, we, we can bring those up again. Now you, you definitely, you, you threw out the Darth Plagueis thing, which is still to be determined. Like we're we're not counting that right or wrong yet. Uh, I'm inclined to still think you're right on that. Uh, what else did you say in your three predictions? Oh shit! You're asking me to remember things. Oh, I know. I remember like uh, I remember during G chat you you said that you thought that uh, Kylo Ben had been Luke's uh, apprentice, but that was not something we vocalized on the podcast. So you did call that, even if it wasn't yes, on on the podcast. Well, it just it seemed to make sense. Um, and okay, I called Han dying, and I was basing that largely on the scene where she's crying over, I guess, what she thinks is Finn dying. Uh, Which you were right and, and wrong. Uh, what? Uh, no, Han died. I, I got that right. Yes, but it, you're, you're for wrong. For the wrong about, reasons, okay? You're wrong about the time and place. Uh, because you thought oh, that yeah, was yeah, her yeah. crying over you. Han, and it was her crying over Finn. 
It was true. At least that scene was. Uh, I'm counting that as a, as, as a correct prediction in any case. Uh, but I'm, oh, I'm, gonna, you, I'm giving you myself mentioned... a, a, a half of a correct because I knew I, I predicted that Luke Skywalker would not come in until the very end of the movie. And yeah, so did I. Yeah. And I, uh, I even made up an ending, which I thought would be way fucking cooler. Uh, you, you couldn't have been, Luke you been more right. used the force to make the star killer base explode. Awesome. Didn't happen. Um, <laughs> as we know, you couldn't, have, you, you couldn't have been more right about the Luke coming in right at the end, unless it would have been after the credits. That would have been the only, yeah, yeah. It's like on. the last minute of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, Okay, uh, so there's we've already talked a little bit about Luke, and he's gone off to the, what we think is the first Jedi Temple. I ha- I don't believe he would have stayed there if that were in fact not the location of the first Jedi Temple. And apparently, it was filmed on an island off the coast of Ireland that yeah. was a monastic. You know, uh, true. site yep. where they went, where the monks went to be well, away it's from called everyone called like Skellig St. Michael or something like that. Yeah, um, and they went there to be away from everyone else, which is right. interesting because that's exactly what Luke does. That is what Luke does. And let's see here. Uh, we don't, like, it's just Ray traveling. Okay. Some people have had like, oh, why send Ray to go find Luke? Uh, well... Leia's not going to be the one to do it because the fucking Republic just like lost their government. Um, and even though like the first order might be on the run to some extent, uh, there's a lot, a lot of shit to do and a lot of people who need her leadership. And so sending Chewbacca is like the best idea. Like he's actually like the number one choice of who I would send to go talk to Luke at that point. Because he's going to know Luke. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're old (laughs) friends. That makes a lot of sense. And you know that Chewbacca is, one of the most trustworthy of individuals. Uh, but then you yeah. have this Ray character uh, who I think Leah, 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 Leah senses is strong in the force. I think she, she knows that. And I think Leah also senses there's more to her as well. And so it's perfectly logical to send her along with Luke Skywalker uh, with his old lightsaber. And that's the end of the, the movie. Plus, plus she's proven she can handle herself when it comes right. to force situations. Yeah. Yeah. That's true too. And, uh, oh, yeah, it's pretty cool. But the end of the movie is like, we've already said that like, it's the expression on his face is supposed to be one of, of haunting. And I, I get that. And I, I still swear. I see like heartbreak on his face. So, I mean, maybe that's just me. I don't know. Reading and then into there's it. the resignation. There's the resignation as to what he. Oh, like that. The worry actually. The like, yeah, I get. I get what you're saying there. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, we don't really know what to think think about Luke at this point because he he does only come in the very last minute of the movie. Literally the last says minute. says not a word. Yeah, it doesn't say anything. All he does is he looks at looks at Ray and you know I wonder if the beginning of the next movie is. Uh, of course, no movie, no Star Wars movie picks up where the other one left off. There's always time in between. So and always in space. Yeah, we're we're not going to see what happens exactly after that moment. Uh, in fact, the I believe the first two movies uh, there are two to three years. There's like supposed to be two years, two years or three years between Episode Four and Episode Five, and then uh, I think it's like a year or something. Between episodes five and six, I have to look that up. Uh, but yeah, so there, you know, there's nothing that's 
happening right after this. We might pick up with Ray being trained and, you know, we might actually get to the bottom of what her relationship or, you know, what her origins are uh, somewhere in towards the beginning of the movie, but it won't, it's not like Luke's just going to drop everything and like come hug her. And that's where the, you know, episode eight's going to pick up. I don't see that happening. I think they'll probably hang on to some secrets. Miss JJ throws a curveball. Well, JJ is not writing it. Uh, in fact, that's going to lead us into where we're going to end off today with our episode eight predictions. Of course, episode eight is being written and directed by Ryan Johnson of Looper and Brick Fabe. Those are actually two of my, uh, very well-loved movies. In fact, I like Brick even more than I Looper and Brick's not at all a science fiction movie, but just one second, Jeff. What? Mm. Uh, have you found it yet? Is it on the bookshelf? On the living room? Okay. And we're continuing. Okay. Um, so Ryan Johnson is directing episode eight, but he's also writing episode nine. He's not directing it. Uh, Colin Trevorrow. Huh. Colin Trevorrow. episode eight? Say what? Who wrote episode eight then? At Ryan Johnson. He's writing both eight and nine. Oh, okay, okay. But he's only directing eight, and then Colin Trevorrow of Jurassic World fame is directing episode nine. And let me tell you, man, uh, what I've seen of Ryan Johnson's work, it's dark. Uh, so episode eight is, it's going to be dark. Is some people going to die? Oh, God damn it, Jeff. Hopefully it's Jar Jar, okay? Hopefully the opening <laughs> shot of fucking episode eight is like, Kylo Ren crushing Jar Jar Bing's skull underfoot. It's okay. Like, Misa still alive. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. All right. That's dark. But th- is it Ryan Johnson dark? Okay. Uh no, he's you know he, awesome choice to direct this movie. Uh I have a hard time thinking they could they could do much better, honestly, if you look at how well Brick and Looper were done as films. And of course Ryan Johnson apparently is a huge Star Wars nut. And um, we only have a year. That's the cool thing about this one. In years past, we've had three years between the movies to wait yes, until the next yeah, one yeah. came out. We only have a year and a half. And they <laughs> apparently some pickup shots have already shot at uh, Skellig St. Michael with Mark Hamill. And they actually start principal photography on episode eight in January. So in even a few weeks, they're going to start filming this movie and of course let the rumor mills begin up until then. Um, yeah. So what do you, what do you what's your number one prediction, man? Or I should say your number well, three. We're going to count down. Well, I have a counter prediction to a prediction that you made uh, after we were talking, after we saw it, um, you were wondering if Finn was going to be paralyzed. Oh yeah. And uh, I, I did wonder I, that. I looked in slow motion. I think I was right. It cut up the right side of his back, okay. starting That's good. his butt cheek. Um, and not to mention, in the that I was listening to that scene in the book, and it actually said they cut across his chest. Oh, so completely different area. I think I'd yeah, rather have so it in the back. So I don't think it's uh, going to be. I don't par- think he's going to be paralyzing. Paralyzed. All right, good, good job. All right, but that's not your prediction, is it? Um. Well, my predictions were kind of tied into my into the dream sequence. Oh, a lot. So, so uh, I, about the uh, Palpatine's kid. 
Palpatine. A grandchild. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, uh, I, I guess in, in that respect, mine is like my. Uh, I guess I'll go ahead and move it to number three, but one of my predictions is that Ray is in fact Luke's daughter. That was in one of my theories. That was in like theory one or two. Yeah. So like, I'm going to go ahead and throw that out there. I, you know, just going off what they've said, this trilogy is about family. She's obviously extreme, you know, exceptionally strong in the force. Uh, I think that Ray is in fact his daughter and that just makes you wonder who's, who's the mama. And uh, yeah. maybe they'll you know maybe they'll throw us a bone and make Mara Jade the mother. That would be cool. I, I would I would cool. think that I think a lot of they would it would be some fan service and be a, a way of acknowledging the expanded universe even in the, the littlest tiniest way. Uh, because they'd be uh, like, all right, fine, here you go. Yeah, go she's away. dead, Stop motherfucker. Ky- Kylo Ben killed her. Okay, <laughs> like I, I I would like that. Uh, That's that what I was case. saying. That's actually my prediction was that if that was a gravestone, that's who was in yeah. the grave was it was either supposed to be you know an empty grave for his daughter, which you don't think that's the case, but the other other thing was that it would be his his wife and and Ray's yeah. mother. Uh, and I can that's see that. Who, Basically, where he put the ashes next to this gravestone, yeah. where he burned her on the pyre. And, you know, people have said like, "Oh, but Leia and Han don't recognize her." Well, I mean, if Luke was off on his own, he might have just like told, "Like, hey, by the way, I'm having a baby. Hey, awesome. We'll send you a gift card to Babies R Us." And like, they might not have ever known Ray as a child. Well, it's like my wife has relatives of mine that she has still never met, and we've been together since I was sixteen. She's right. fifteen, so so yeah. Like I, I don't <laughs> think that's a reason to discount it in the least. But anyway, uh, my other theory, my other prediction for episode eight is that uh, we're going to see a hell of a lot more of the Knights of Ren, and Kylo Ren is going to be outfitted with some hardware. I think that he is going to have some cybernetic implants, like his uh, idol Darth Vader. And he will even look more and sound more like Vader in the next movie. Do you think he was hurt that bad? Uh, I don't think there, he was hurt that bad. Well, no, I think it is. There's more. It's a. There's a huge ass slash going up his arm, his shoulder, and into his face. So I could see him doing, uh, you know, some sort of cybernetic implant in his shoulder or his arm. Uh, I don't think he it was, was stabbed that bad. in both shoulders. He was. He was. He was. Yeah. So I think I I think he's going to have more hardware, and I think he's going to be going on a, more of a Darth Vader binge than he was before. Definitely possible, but uh, not but, necessarily. Uh, that, but I also think that he's going to be leading the Knights of Ren on the, uh, uh, his crusade to find Luke Skywalker, and especially to find Rey, uh, because he, you know, between he and Snoke. And I think we're going to be picking up after Snoke has, you know, given completed his dark side training or whatever. And that would make sense. Yeah, that would make perfect sense. And we're, in, you know, we're still following uh, them around the galaxy or whatever, and they've been wreaking unholy hell across wherever they can find. And that's, uh, that's a question. Where have where were the Knights of Ren in this movie? Where were well, they? I mean, Snoke calls him. You're the ma-, he's and I, I believe he uses the present tense. You are the master of the Knights of of Ren. So they're still around. Yeah. And you know that's one thing I don't think we mentioned is like who are these Knights of Ren? And we think that they might be part mercenary. There's a Mandalorian. 
you can see in the still picture of the Knights of Ren and Mandalorians are hired guns. So I don't think that's a cause that they're dedicated to, uh, particularly that one anyway. But you actually floated this idea out there that the Knights of Ren could be made up of other fallen students that Kylo Ben was able to convince to come to his side. Yes. Which I think, you know, that could very well be. And, of course, violates the rule of two instituted by Darth Bane. But I don't think Snoke is following that old uh, tenet of the dark side anyway, uh, especially in the verb. Like, I could take all you fuckers out. Doesn't yeah, matter. especially in, in the verbiage that's used in The Force Awakens. Nothing's called the dark side or the light side. It's referred to as the darkness and the light. Um, yeah. And J.J. Abrams has even said something about there. You know, there's no Sith and things like that. And that's fine. Like you know, maybe there are no Sith, and there are going to be no Jedi. Maybe like we're evolving people. We're becoming something else. And I think that's cool in and of itself as well. Well, it's been fail. You know, it's been failing for a while now. So, right, it ex- right. It succeeded once, but other than that, it failed a lot. Right. And uh, Darth so, Bane was a long time ago. <laughs> uh, do you have any more predictions then? Um, um, I don't know. Say, say another one of yours. Oh, uh, well, I was just gonna say, like, I think the first, like, people think that oh, Star Killer Base was destroyed. Now that the first, the First Order has to be on the run. No, I think they're both licking their the Republic and the First Order are gonna be licking their wounds. But I think Snoke has a whole hell of a lot up his sleeve, and the First Order is still 100% functional, and that only represented a fraction of the power of the First Order. So do you think by the third, uh, third, uh, well, that would be the ninth episode, they'll have finished, uh, well, almost finished this, the second Starkiller base? Uh, where do you go after a fucking planet that can blow up star <laughs> systems? And like how redundant, how redundant to do is suck their their sun dry, and then the star system dies anyway. It's like Star Crusher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the Jedi Academy trilogy, right, right, right. It's like if you just get rid of their sun, shit, shit's fucked up. Exactly. On the way home, I mentioned uh, you know in the expanded universe we had this thing called the the Sun Crusher or the Star Crusher. It, it would just fl- fly into the sun. Yeah. Made the sun go supernova, yeah. Um, right. So I, I, I don't want them to do that. Uh, I think going full on force light versus dark is probably the way to go for the next two episodes, and I hope that's the way to go uh, that they take it. That Ryan Johnson takes it. I could think there could be quite some infiltration into the the resistance that could be where the other knights of ren are oh and like they're spying spying within the resistance yeah, could be that would um, that would be a good idea that would I'm, explain I'm their still, speaking of mandalorians i'm still reeling that my uh wishful thinking prediction of uh some reference to boba fett not being true yeah not yet not, not yet, yet. <laughs> well, max is still alive He's cut in half, but he MacGyvered his way out of that by stitching himself back back together with with threads of glass he made. Are, from are you mocking sand. me, Jeff? Are you mocking me? No. Fuck you, Jeff. <laughs> Go to hell. It's gonna be it's gonna be revealed that he really is. Yeah. You know, God damn it. Shit. 
I'm sorry. You know what? I told you it was wishful thinking, and I'm still thinking it. God damn it. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to, of course, <laughs> Boba Fett would be like, you know, what, 80 in this movie? So uh, he might be dead now in the in, you know, the time frame of this movie, but what if one of the Knights of Ren is one of his offspring? That would be interesting. What if they all are? <gasps> oh, I just got nerd boner. Like he went back to the to uh uh shit, what was the planet with the cloners? Uh I don't know and I don't care. Like he went he went back and grabbed like uh, I'm purposely repressing any memories of episode two. Went back and like grabbed six vials and then you know, made his they're all clones of him. Ooh or he actually had children naturally, Jeff. No. The with the penis and the vagina. Well, weren't the clones born without anything? You know, he was an unaltered else? clone. I know, I'm joking. Come on. It can happen. It can happen. All right, that's all I got. I think all we'll right. find out. We, we, we hopefully will. Uh, besides, that's a cow that Disney is going to want to milk at some point. So I, I definitely think Boba Fett will be back in some capacity. And, of course, there's the there's the... Isn't there going to be a prequel, like uh, how they got the plans to the Death Star? Oh, yeah, that's Rogue One. That comes out uh, not this May, but the following May, I believe. And, Are there going to be any more? Oh, wait. Is it? The, no, wait. No, I think Rogue One comes out one year from now, and then the following May after that is when Episode Eight comes out. That's what it is. Do you think there are going to be any more Star Wars? Uh, they're already planning a, a Han Solo anthology film, so there's going to be that. And then past that... The only thing that we have on the docket right now is episode nine, but uh, there are rumors out there that the other, the next anthology film after that is going to be a, a Boba Fett movie. Really? That's the rumor. Yeah. Is it going to be young Han or old Han? Young. Do you it's going to be young. So they're going to cast somebody else. Yeah, I think, I think Shia, that's the way they're going to go. Yeah. God damn it! No. <laughs> they could have um, Adam Driver playing young han solo uh, no that doesn't work they do not look alike at all i saw some old pictures of you know of you know episode four new hope han yeah, there is some resemblance adam driver i mean adam driver actually looks decent in that movie but uh, besides that movie he's a funny looking dude yeah he, I, I i he looked a lot better than i thought it was because i remember seeing him in what's that show girls yeah honestly have you ever seen the movie big fish no i haven't oh well shit never mind then but i noticed it's like that's a goofy looking dude yeah he's he's a he's a strange looking guy i mean he's perfect for this role though so i'm excited about that all right man i think that's gonna wrap us up really it was so short the kinky (laughs) tauntaun has ridden the force awakens as far as we're going to get it for the time being, of course, once uh, we hear, hear some more rumors and we gear up for the release of Rogue One, I think we'll revisit this information later on, in, including uh, some other kind of updates we might hear along the way. But for now, this is Buchacha, and I bid you all a fine farewell. Merry Christmas. May the Force be with you. Happy Hanukkah. The Force abides. Oh, the weather outside is frightful. 
but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, make it so, make it so, make it so. Man, it doesn't show signs of stopping. And I brought me some tea, oh, Grey Hot. The lights are turned way down low. Make it so, make it so, make it so. When we finally kiss, good night. How I hate going out in the storm. But if you really shut up, Wesley. All the way home, I'll be warm. Oh, the fire is slowly dying. And I, dear, we're still goodbye, then. But as long as you love me, so make it so. Make it so. Make it so. Make it so.